Well, hello, Gateway Church family. Uh, my name's Phil Wilthew, and I'm here in my study in a relatively sunny Bedford, and I should be with you today in Ashford, but sadly, Bedford is in the grip of a third uh, wave of COVID. Uh, we have the Indian variant pretty strong in our community, and so our uh, local civic leaders are, wherever possible, encouraging people not to travel too much outside of Bedford, and uh, so I'm I'm trying to be a dutiful citizen today and uh, not share uh, spread the blessing uh, of what's going on in Bedford into Ashford. But I'm I'm honestly I'm really sorry to not be able to be with you in person today because I've been so looking forward to hanging out with you and meeting all of you. And uh, it's been great to be on a few Zooms just to connect to a few faces and names. And it's been great just building a friendship with Barney over the last couple of years, getting to know him. And so I feel like I'm in touch with some of what's going on in your church community and just so appreciate your faith, your perseverance, the way you are running hard after God. I was so thrilled to hear about the offering you've taken up to help our friends in Granada uh, in their church plant initiatives. I just thank you so much for giving into that so generously. Honestly, it, it, it really touched my heart. And so I'm sending you lots of love today. And although I can't be with you in person, I thought I just wanted to record a, a message that I hope will bless you today. And, you know, you like I and many other people in the world that we're living with, it, we are kind of emerging from a post lockdown world, kind of blinking into the sun, sunlight again, asking the big questions of life. How now do we live in a post-lockdown world? What should our habits and our priorities be? And many people's lives have been shifted and shaken. The foundations of their world have been shaken to the point where many people are asking big questions. I know many Christians who are deconstructing their faith. They are changing their views of what the church is and their relationship to it because people's foundations have undergone a seismic shift. We are now asking questions. How do we now live? What is now most important for us in being Christ followers? And I would suggest to you that in a time of shaking, believers must return back to the things that we know are unshakable. In a time where things are changing all around us at a rapid pace, we need to return to the things that we know are unchangeable. In other words, God and his word. We come back to our foundations again, because while the world might be changing, God's word does not change. In fact, Jesus said, my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my words will last forever. And so at this time in our lives, I believe it's critical that we return again to build on a firm prophetic foundation, to build our lives on the word of God, what God has said and is saying to us. And scripture, of course, has many things to say about foundations, prophetic foundations. Uh, for us, perhaps foundations conjures up images of solid concrete blocks on which we build buildings. And to us, foundations can be very static things. But actually, in the Bible, foundations are a lot more active than that. Foundations in the Bible are not just about static truths that we build upon, but also active beliefs that we act upon. Foundations in Scripture are about beliefs, but also behaviours, about hearing 
and obeying. It's about both. And uh, Jesus describes the nature of a healthy foundation in one of his parables, Luke 6, verse 46. It says this. We'll start actually in verse 47, Luke 6, 47. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house without a foundation. The moment that COVID struck that house or whatever disaster you can think of, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So Jesus here is saying, listen, this is what a firm foundation looks like. It's about biblical truth, but also biblical fruit. It's about hearing, but also doing, hearing and obeying. That's what wisdom looks like. That's what a healthy foundation looks like. You hear God, but you know how to obey God as well. So the question is, how do we do that? And so I want to just throw a few things our way in terms of how do we live that kind of life where we hear God, but also activate it, obey it in our lives. And so here's the first thing. We've got to learn how to cultivate a hunger to hear God. A cultivate a hunger to hear God. You see, our God is a beautifully relational being. The, the God at the heart of the cosmos, the God who made heaven and earth, the God of everything is fundamentally a relational God. He made us to have relationship with himself and Father, Son and Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the eternal Trinity in on of themselves are a relational being. And so when we come to God, we understand this, that he's a God who has a hunger to be known and to know. 1 Corinthians 14, when it's talking about the prophetic, says that we should eagerly desire that we might prophesy. In other words, this is not a passive kind of desire. This is a very intentional, passionate, deliberate desire. God, I long to hear you. It's not a neutral word. It's a deliberate word. God, I earnestly desire that I might prophesy, that I might hear your voice. And so the first key to building a strong prophetic foundation where we hear and obey is to cultivate hunger to hear God's voice. Jeremiah the prophet says, Lord, your words were like honey to my lips. I ate them and they went down into my innermost parts. I wonder, is that your view of God's word in this season? That It's like honey to your lips, that you cannot wait to hear God, to get into his written word, but also to hear his prophetic words. And God loves to speak to people who have a hunger to hear him. He's magnetically attracted to that. And it's amazing, actually, what will happen if we live every day with a deliberate ear to hear God. There is a little part in the human brain. It's called your reticular activating system, your RAS. And what that part in your brain does is that it filters out all the thousands of pieces of information that come your way every day and enables you to just focus on the things that you need at that particular moment. It's a filter system. And so, for example, I, I remember years ago when I made the decision, I want to buy a Renault Scenic car. 
I made that decision. And then what happened in the coming weeks and months as I was still driving my old car, my Ford Fiesta, is that as I was driving along, suddenly I kept seeing all the Renault Scenics on the road. I'd never seen them before. But as soon as I'd made the decision, I want to buy a Renault Scenic, suddenly my RAS filtered out all the other cars and I could just see Renault Scenics on the road. It's like everybody was suddenly driving them. And so this little part in your brain helps you to focus on what you actually need or want at the time. And so I would suggest to you, if you and I live every day as those who are hungry to hear God, if we every day come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm hungry to hear you. I eagerly desire to hear your voice. Would you please speak to me? I'm wide open to hear you. I tell you what, if we will live lives of deliberate intent, your little filtration system will start to help you zone in and focus on the things that God is actually saying to you. We have a responsibility to cultivate a listening ear. You know, and God speaks to us through the very ordinary, through to the very extraordinary ways. He speaks to us in the everyday and the mundane through to the very supernatural and spectacular. You know, I remember a couple of summers ago, just picking up three books. I read three books over the summer. One was on the roles of men and women. One was on uh, racial justice in the church. And one was on disciple making movements. It was in, in a way a very ordinary experience. I read three books. But as I read them, I felt God say to me, these three issues are going to define the next five years. And there's going to be massive movement in the church around gender roles, around racial justice and around new disciple making movements. Now, that came out of a very ordinary thing, reading a book. But that's how God can speak if we will listen with an intent to hear him. The second thing to say along these lines is that it's really important that we learn how to steward the prophetic by recording the things that God says. Now, this may sound incredibly simplistic, but just think about it. All the most important things in our life, we tend to write down. We tend to file. We tend to store somewhere the things that are important. You know, it might be a marriage certificate or a birth certificate or a mortgage deed or, a, you know, a special card where someone wrote some special words or, a, or a, a, a book manuscript or some notes that you refer to often. Whatever it might be, all the most important things in our life, we tend to write down, we record them and we steward them by looking after them. And I would suggest to you that if you want the prophetic to grow in your life, then we need to learn how to steward the things that God says. In other words, not let it go in one ear and out the other. Do something, capture what God says and write it down somewhere. This will help you and I to build a prophetic foundation in our life. I remember years ago as a teenager, I just left school. I was doing a gap year. And I remember working one day in the office of a very well-known church movement leader. And as I was nosy, he had a little index box on his desk, kind of alphabetized. This is kind of before digital revolution and everything. And so because I was nosy and inquisitive, I opened this index box on his desk and I started to thumb through the little kind of cards that were in this A to Z file. And what I realized is that every one of those cards had either a quote about revival or a prophetic promise that this particular leader had been given. And I realized this is this guy's treasure chest. 
This is where he goes to for encouragement. When he needs to pray or where he needs some encouragement, he turns to his treasure chest of the things he's written down and he prays these things back to God. And I remember that being a great lesson as a young man to start stewarding wisely the things that God gave me. And so there's all sorts of different ways in which you and I can do that. You know, as a young man, a 12 year old, when I started to hear God, I would fold up an A4 piece of paper and put it in my back pocket and carry a pen around so that I could write down something if God spoke to me in the middle of the street. These days I have an iPhone. I, I use a journal app called Day One Journal and if God speaks to me then I write it down. Um, you know I have a flag system on my emails so that if someone sends me a prophetic word I just I put a red flag on it so that I can always go back to it and read it and find encouragement from it. You know, good stewardship is a kingdom principle. If you will look after the things that God says, it actually will turn into something. Steward God's word. Record the things that he says. Third principle for us today is this, is that so often revelation from God comes to us in seed form. God's word rarely comes to us fully formed. You know, God doesn't often give us a whole apple tree. He gives us an apple pip. That's so often how God speaks to us. He gives us a seed. He gives us something. He gives us a promise that's not yet fully formed to see what we will do with it. And so if we're going to build a healthy prophetic foundation in our lives and in our churches, we need to, again, do something with the little that God has given. We need to be faithful stewards. You know, God comes to Abraham, the father of our faith. And Abraham was just a pagan man, minding his own business, living in a place called the Ur of the Chaldees. And God says, Abraham, leave the land where you are and go to the land that I will show you. And it says, Abraham went, not knowing where he was going. And, you know, I can imagine Abraham having a head scratch moment with the Lord saying, um, OK, so I know I need to leave but where exactly are we going? And God's like, no, 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 I'm not telling you that yet. If you leave, the rest will follow. He gives Abraham a seed. He gives him a promise. And then he looks to see what Abraham will do with the promise. Will he be like the wise man who builds his house on rock, hear and obey, even though he doesn't yet have the whole picture? Friends, I wonder if that's how you're living in this season. Maybe you carry promises. Maybe God has spoken to you, but you don't yet have the full picture. You don't yet know how it's all going to work out. You don't have the details. And maybe some of you are waiting to obey until you have the whole picture. Well, I would suggest to you that's not often the way that God works. He gives us a seed to see if we will water and nurture it or if we will simply discard it. It's so often the, the way that God works with our prayers. You know, so often when we ask God for a breakthrough, he gives us breakthrough first in a seed to see what we'll do with it. I remember many, many years ago when my children were, were very young and my son was having chronic nightmares, probably for nine months. He was just having chronic, chronic night terrors. Um, so much so that he would only fall asleep if one of us was holding his hand as he went to sleep and we would slowly try and prise his little fingers out of ours and get out of his bedroom and and you know every night he would wake up he would run through to our bedroom and he would tell us of the things that he'd seen 
And, you know, I, we tried every parenting trick in the book to get him to sleep, and it just would not work. And so, you know, we're just praying, God, please give us sleep. Lord, we just need to sleep. We're so tired from getting up multiple times, month after month after month. And one day, I just felt God simply say to me, I want you to walk around your neighborhood after dinner for the next six nights, and I want you to bless your neighborhood, and then the breakthrough will come. And I remember at the time thinking, Lord, this is not what I've been asking for. <laughs> I've been asking for sleep. You know, what good is walking around the block really gonna do? But what was God doing in that moment? He was giving me a seed, a prophetic seed, to see if I would do something with it. And to be honest, because I was so desperate, I was willing to try anything. And so for the next six nights, I walked around my block after dinner and I just prayed and I blessed the neighborhood and just prayed for God's blessing. Well, on that sixth night, Sam, my son, had another chronic nightmare. And, and, and yet this time he didn't come into our bedroom. In that moment, he called out to God just as a young boy and he called out to God for help. And in that moment, he describes it. He said, I heard a voice from behind my curtain saying to me, Sam, don't be afraid. I want you to think of me. So he said, I did. And I went to sleep. And I remember when he told us that story the next morning after the first unbroken night for many, 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 many months, we were just amazed that by obeying the promise, the little seed, it had turned into something and it was broken. He, he, he had no bad sleep, no bad dreams from that night on. It was an amazing answer to prayer. God gives us seeds to see what we would do with them. Got to learn to ask God, what should I do with what you've given me? How can I activate the prophetic by doing something with us? Water, revelation, with obedience. Next key to building a prophetic foundation is that the prophetic is fueled by the declarations that we make. In other words, we hear and obey. We build a strong prophetic foundation by bringing our thoughts and our words into line with the things that God has said to us. Our words have power. You see, you and I are made in the image of God and God's words have power. God's words create, sustain and nourish. Scripture says that uh, by God's word, all things are sustained. By God's word, everything has been created that we see in our universe. And you are made in God's image. Your words also create stuff and sustain stuff. Now, it may not be that you're creating literal galaxies like God, but your words and your thoughts do create spiritual galaxies. They create spiritual environments in which either the right stuff grows or the wrong stuff grows. And Proverbs 18.21 puts it so powerfully, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. In other words, you can disable the prophetic by not bringing your thoughts and words into line with what God has said. If you were living your life on a completely contradictory track to the things that God has said, you're creating the wrong environment for growth. You know, I recently planted an apple tree in the soil and a washing line in concrete in my garden. But imagine if I got those two things the wrong way round. If I'd planted the apple tree in concrete and the washing line in the soil, would have had two very different results. What's the point? 
the environment in which you plant something matters a great deal. And so the environment that God's words are planted in matters a great deal as to whether they will grow and start to bear fruit or not. And part of how we create healthy spiritual environments is by bringing our thought life and our words into line and agreement with what God has said. I would suggest to you that there is a time to stop praying and start declaring what is actually true according to what God has said. You know, you just read the Psalms. Just take Psalm 27 as an example. Psalm 27 is less of an intercession psalm. It's more of a declaration psalm. It's the psalmist bringing himself into line with what he knows is true of God. Just, just here's a few verses from Psalm 27. Actually, only three of them are Godward prayers. The rest of the 11 are declarations like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? My enemies will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. He's not praying. He's declaring. He's bringing himself into agreement with what he knows is true. Friends, this is how you build a strong prophetic foundation. You find out what God says is true and you start to orient your thoughts and your words around it. You create a healthy spiritual ecosystem for the word of God to flourish. Are your declarations, are your thoughts empowering or disabling the word of God? You see, if you live life saying lies to yourself like, I'm nobody, I'm not really very loved, I'm not very significant, I'm, I'm the tail, I'm not the head, you know, I, I'm never going to amount to much. It, it, you know, if you repeat those lies long enough in your own brain, how many of you know that can disable what God has already said is true of you? You are my child. With you, I am well pleased. You have been saved by grace. You are now a citizen of heaven. You are crowned. I've put a robe of righteousness on your back and a ring on your finger. You are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Friends, we've got to learn to wage warfare by bringing our words and our thoughts into line with what God has said is true. So here are just a few thoughts on how we build a healthy prophetic foundation in our lives. And I would suggest to you that in this season where so much is being shaken, we have to return to the unshakable things that we have a God who speaks, whose word is living and active, that he's a God who speaks and, and that we live with this attitude of man cannot live by bread alone. I have to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is how I'm going to live in these days by something that's unshakable and unchangeable. This is a healthy biblical foundation. It's not static, it's active. It's truth, it's fruit. It's to hear, it's to obey. And so friends, I would encourage you in this season, grab hold of God's prophetic promises and ask yourself, what has God said and what can I do about it? And friends, I pray for you. And I'll bless you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that this is a season of extraordinary fruitfulness in the gospel in Jesus' name. God bless you today. Amen. One of the